0: Welcome and thank you for visiting us for today's message by Dr. R.L. Davis. For more information regarding our ministry, please stay tuned until after the following message. All right, let's get our Bibles tonight. What do you say, everybody? Short message tonight, if you want to go to Psalms 31, please. Hallelujah. Let's change it to Psalms 37, and let's look at verse uh, 23 to start with tonight. If you're there, say amen. Read it with me. Go. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. Amen, Father, thank you for your word tonight, in Jesus' name, amen. Of course, the Lord Jesus said he, uh, don't even call him good, there's only one good, and that's the Father. But from my viewpoint, the good man here is Christ Jesus. I I know we like to liken it to our own steps, and we should because we're in Christ. But the main point here is every step that Jesus took was ordered of of the Father God, amen. Uh, Secondly, to repeat, we should expect the same leading of the Holy Spirit for us today because we're in the body of Christ. Amen. And He delights in His way. So God delights in our way, and certainly we delight in His way. His way is the best way. It's where the light is. Amen. So now if we go to the book of James, please, tonight, in chapter 1. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's start in verse 21 here tonight. All right. Lay apart all filthiness and superfluity and naughtiness, verse 21, and receive with meekness the engrafted word that's able to save your souls. The word of God is the utmost importance, amen, for our Christian well-being. And verse 22 says, But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is likened to a man beholding his face in a glass darkly. I bet some of you looked in the mirror today, and you don't remember what you look like. Do you? You have to think about it. I was looking at my eyebrows this afternoon, and I... I always have a couple of eyebrows that grow out, I mean, <laughs> a good ways. It bothers me. Everybody say it bothers me. And so about every week, I'll go in there, and I've got some fancy clippers, and I'll, I'll catch that rascal, and I'll go, "Eat!" and I'll smooth them out, okay? Praise the Lord. I don't like bushy eyebrows, Amen. But one time I slipped up and looked like Spock when I come out there, you know. So you've got to be careful with the fancy clippers. You do. And I cut off my eyelashes one time. Who are you laughing at? It's true. But I learned from my mistakes. Praise the Lord. But whosoever looks in the perfect law of liberty, verse 25, and continues therein. That, that's key. Continues. Amen. He be not forgetful here, but a doer of the work. This man shall be blessed in his deeds. Amen. Now, the first thought tonight is we know God through his word. The only way. It's the main way. We know God through the word. No word. Cannot know Him. That's the reason someone has to preach the Word. Faith comes. And they can walk into the kingdom of God and and know God. But secondly now, and very important here. We associate with God by the application of the Word. Let me repeat that. We know God through the Word. You're with me now. But we associate with Him by, the, by applying His Word. If we don't apply His Word to our lives, then we're not really associating with Him, no matter how much you say you know God. Have you got it? You got the point? And so this is a doer of the Word, and not just a hearer only, because the Bible tells us very plainly, That we'll deceive ourselves if we do not do what we hear. Amen. And God gives us, thank the Lord, the ability to carry out what we hear. So in verse 21, we receive the word into the heart. Receive with meekness and engrafted word that's able to save your souls. We receive the word into the spirit, man, into the heart. Then verse 22, it says that we're to be a doer of the word. So the first thing, we hear the word, we receive the word, and then we do the word. Amen. When we do the word, then we are associating with God, and we are applying his word, and that's active faith. If we don't apply the word and put action to the word, then it's deceiving us. We're deceiving ourselves by not activating the word through faith that we have inside. It isn't enough just to go around and carry the word. We've got to activate the thing by faith and uh, bring it into manifestation. God didn't do that. We we have a part to play in, in believing. So then we receive the word into the heart. Then we are to do the word. Listen now. From the heart. It isn't enough just to be doing something because it's right from your mind and this and that. Uh, Like for example, Danny Danny had to go uh, get the cows in. Who let the cows out? But we're talking about uh, some musical bands and, and things. And sometimes they sound about the same. But this one band's anointed and the other one isn't. Why is that? Because one is singing and playing from their heart. And the other is just using their talents and abilities. Same way with preachers. Same way with teachers. Same way with any ministry in the church. And there are times that, you know, here we'll go from the intellect. But there are other times that we'll, we'll preach to you and teach from the heart. And you can pick up on that, can't you? Because there's a difference. So... Uh, But primarily the way that God operates with results is both, but more prominently is from the heart. A minister ministers from the heart. It's heart to heart, or we could say from the spirit to spirit. Amen, that's preaching. It's connecting with your spirit from the one that's doing the ministry, from his or her spirit, direct to you. Amen. Then we look at John 15, 7. Maybe I could say that this aspect is somewhat sincere. And that's what I appreciated about uh, Oral Roberts. Um, I was listening to him one time. And... I asked Treby he was preaching on the resurrection, I was listening to him on TV and I asked Treby what 's different about him uh, and compared to the other guys that we're listening to and Then it came to me well he 's sincere about this he 's sincere, and his message was from from the heart, and it it connects to people when when it 's from the heart when god 's word comes from the heart of a believer. It goes out, and then it's effective to those that are ready to receive. And so I appreciate that. And the second thing I appreciate about Oral Roberts was his wife. Now, she said her ministry was to take care of her husband. Hello, hallelujah. She wasn't out there trying to prove she was as good as a man, or I could, I could come past a man. Kenneth Hagin's wife was the same. They stayed in the background, took care of their husband, took care of, their, took, took care of the man of God. <laughs> and uh, they didn't try to force some ministry on their own because their calling was to take care of their husband, which was the man of God. How have we lost that? In St. John 15 and verse 7, so I appreciate about that about those wives. I do because... Uh, that's a big responsibility and a and an important ministry because if the man of God goes down, a lot of people suffer. All right. Saint John fifteen seven. Everyone knows this one. Abide in me and my words abide in you. All right. So if we abide in Christ, then He abides in us. How does He do that? The Word. Now let me be specific. The Bible is not Jesus. Now, I got a preacher friend, he didn't understand that. The Word is not Jesus. The written Word. These charismatics cannot distinguish between the written Logos Word and the living Word. No. The living Word was in the beginning, not the written Word didn't exist. Do you understand what I'm saying? So let's don't get it confused because there are people that are very confused about this. They think, well, the Bible was Jesus. No, the Bible cannot be Jesus. The Scripture are an extension, they are an extension of His being, but the Word, the written Word is the Scripture, what Jesus quoted. So He couldn't have been the written Word, He was the living Word. The Word became flesh. The Bible didn't become flesh. Can I go on, please? Do you understand? Don't get deceived because a lot of people that go to the charismatic church are very deceived about this. They don't understand the difference and what is difficult about it. All right. So when we abide in Jesus, we do that by the word, the written word. The written word becomes a reality inside of your heart. Now that word, his words are to abide in you. And they will abide in you. And that way you abide in him. Praise the Lord. Now we can actually lay up some good works because we're at one with Christ. And that's really what it means to be in the spirit is to be at one with the Lord. We act on the word. And when we act on the word, it brings results after we apply the word. So we've got to apply the word after we hear the word and receive the word. Now we apply the word to our own lives. The way we activate the application of the word is to do something. We act on the Word. It implies action, doing something, see. Now, don't misunderstand. So many people are doing things, going here and there. and But if, God, if the Word of God is not initiating the process, it's flesh. Dead works. And just because something needs to be done, and just because I can do it, doesn't mean I'm supposed to do it. We should only do what the Lord tells us to do. Amen. Of course, there are specifics in this area. Not everyone's called to go and preach the world, preach the gospel in all the world. No. But you understand, in the general sense, everyone's called to preach the gospel here, at least witness and reconcile people to Christ. You understand that, don't you? So we, we have to strain at these things and define these things, but it shouldn't be difficult. It's just common sense, basically. But we need to act upon the Word. That when we hear the Word and we don't act upon it, we will eventually deceive ourselves. Then blame somebody else for it. I see it all the time. And truthfully, that's not going to hold water uh, come Judgment Day because we're accountable for our own actions. If you want to abide in Christ, then we, we, we must act upon His Word. So here's the procedure. Hear the Word, receive the Word, do the Word. Apply the word by acting on it. I guarantee you will be in the Spirit if you do those things. Secondly, if we don't do those things, we'll not be in the Spirit like God wants, but we'll be controlled by our flesh, man. And that isn't pleasing to the Lord. All right. So what I'm trying to say now quickly is faith is a, a forward motion. Faith never retreats. Now, now sometimes we take a swift advance to the rear, but that's temporary. Faith always goes forward. We cannot stand still in the faith walk because we'll be sliding backward. It doesn't work that way. We've got to continue to go forward in the faith to have a word that's active in our lives. The cows have got in quick, praise the Lord. So faith is a forward motion. I could say it is a thrusting motion forward or a leap forward. Amen. Would you rather take baby steps or some giant jumping steps in the faith? Nobody can answer, well, get off your knees and quit crawling. At least take a little step. That's better than nothing, I guess, but... You know, God wants us to go forward. There is no going back. If the children of Israel were trying to go back to Egypt, they would have drowned trying to get back over the Red Sea. That isn't very smart. God is not going to open it up for them. So, we've got to go forward, and we will go forward in the spirit realm. It will manifest in the natural, but we've got to do things God's way. And I'm explaining one process, the main process, and what we do that. Now let's look at Joshua tonight for an example. We'll look at a few examples here, and then we will we will close the good book. Joshua chapter one. You see, we always hear the word, get some instructions from God. If we receive it and do it, apply it to our lives, there'll be action to it, and there'll be some results there will be the results that God desires for us, which is always good results. If we fall down in any area of this progression of faith, then Satan can move in and hinder things. And uh, that he's good at that because he can find a crack in the armor, so to speak. And we don't want that to happen. Now verse 1 says, Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, It is said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, now I thought about this a little bit this afternoon. The children of Israel could not go into the promised land until Moses died. How would you like to have have everything held up until you died before everybody else could go forward? Now, that's... But see, Moses was a type of Christ, and therefore he lived 120 years, which was 120 jubilees times 50, that's 2,000 years exactly. So his time ran out, which is a reference to when Jesus is going to come back. Anyway, God's very meticulous about this, very precise about numerology. Amen. And so here comes the, the word and the promise and everything else from God to, to Joshua. My servant is dead. Arise and go over Jordan, you and all the people, into the land which I give you. I give unto them to the children of Israel. Every place the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given to you, as I said to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, even to the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, to the great sea toward the going down, the sun shall be your coast. There shall not be any man be able to stand before you all the days of your life. And he's giving some good promises here. As I was with Moses, so will I be with thee. I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. Verse 6, be strong and of good courage, For unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance of the land which I swear to their fathers to give them. God always honors His promises. Amen. Then again He said, Only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe do all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand and to the left that thou mayest prosper whatsoever thou goest. Now we could say the word there, not the law. The word, see. We're not under the law of Moses. All right? Now, then he said in verse eight, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. Thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe it according to all that is written therein. And then thou shalt make your way prosperous, and then you shall have good success. So it's imperative that we get the word inside of us. Amen. It's imperative that the word becomes a part of our being, our character, our personality. We need to come to a place in Christ where we we don't have to think about our answer. It is a spontaneous answer. The word comes out. Because the word is part of you. It's part of the way you think. It's part of the way you are. It's living inside of you. Amen. When you act on it, God does stuff. He does some good stuff. Amen. Have I not commanded you, verse 9, be strong and have good courage? He's repeating. Be not afraid. Neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee. Whatsoever you go. Wonderful promises. Same for us today. in a better covenant by the way. Amen. Amen. So what did Joshua do? How did he apply this? How did he make it active? Well. Verse 10. Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people. So he immediately put it into action. What God said. That's what we have to do. And if we don't. Nothing's going to happen. How many is willing to just take a step of faith. And just do what God says to do. And don't. Look. God never makes a mistake. He never says I'm sorry. He never has to apologize. Amen. If he has called you. In to do something in the kingdom of God. He didn't make a mistake. Secondly i will never take it back. The gifts of calling of God are without repentance. Praise God. And so I'm glad that God is perfect and He never makes a mistake on our behalf. Amen. And we can do what He calls us to do. Now for another example in Mark chapter 6. So Joshua was a good, a good guy. Amen. little sidetrack here. Uh, Verse 45 of Mark 6. I don't know if this applies to these principles I'm talking about here, but this is a pretty good story and I kind of like the outcome of it. Straightway he constrained his disciples to get into the ship. Now here comes the word of the Lord. All right. Now go to the other side before unto Bethsaida while he sent away the people. And when even was come, the ship was in the midst of the sea, and he was on the land. And he saw them toiling and rowing, for the wind was contrary to them. And about the fourth watch of the night, he came unto them, walking on the water, and would have passed them by. But when they saw him walking on the sea, they supposed they had had seen a spirit, and they cried out, for so they all saw him and were troubled, and immediately he talked with them and said unto them, This is what Jesus always says, Be of good cheer, it's I, and be not afraid. And he went up to them in the ship, and the wind ceased. They were all sore amazed in themselves beyond measure, and wondered. Well, I should guess. But we have a little more insight about this in John chapter 6. Hallelujah. John chapter 6, I'll find it here. Let's look at verse 15. When Jesus therefore perceived that they would come and take him by force, they wanted to set him up as king at this time. To make him the king, he departed again unto a mountain himself alone. Now, there's something about the mountain. Do you remember that little sermon I gave you a while back? Yeah. Always going up to a mountain. Oh, <laughs> it could be that he knew some, he knows something that we're just now getting a hold of. Yeah. And when even was now come, so he went. Out, he stayed up here a long time, praying. But you got to get the picture. Jesus deliberately sent the disciples. Into a storm, His disciples went down the sea and entered into the ship and went over the sea toward Caper- Capernaum, and it was now dark, and Jesus was not come to them. And the sea arose by reason of a great wind that blew. Now, the way I understand this, in this particular story, Satan brought the storm. Amen. Because a lot of times, Jesus would stand up and rebuke the storm, rebuke the wind, and he couldn't rebuke something that was from the Father God. So you see, it's just practical horse sense. Now, in verse 19, it says, When they rode about five and twenty and thirty furlongs, they see Jesus walking on the sea, drawing nigh unto the ship, and they were afraid. He said to them, It is, I be not afraid. Now, at this time, Peter wasn't walking on the water. This is another time. But verse 21 is what I really like because we always have the best deal when we obey what the Lord tells us to do. Even though, if he sends us in a storm, we're going to come out. When they willingly received him into the ship, and immediately the ship was at the land where they went. Now, you've got to think about that. They got Jesus in the boat, and bam, several miles across the, the lake, they were at the shore in a moment of time. Man, you talk about a ride. I, I, I could visualize that, that boat wheeling, man, all the way across. I don't know. God has power over the elements. Praise the Lord. And so we're going to have results. If we follow those principles I mentioned, we might be in a storm. All we've got to do, get Jesus in the boat. That's all we got to do, invite him in. And when we get him in like he wants to come in, that's all the way, we're going to find ourselves where we're supposed to be. And doing what we're supposed to be doing. Praise the Lord. So it's important then that we learn how faith works. Now let's look at Matthew 17, hallelujah, and verse 27. All right. I wonder how many of us obeyed the word of the Lord on this scripture, even today. Because you see, obedience is the key to applying the word. Right. If we're going to just be a hearer of the word and deceive ourselves, then we're just wasting time. But if we're going to do what we hear, and we know that it's relevant truth in the Scripture, then we need to act upon it, activate it, apply it, kick it in motion, amen, by our own confessions and and actions, physical actions even. Amen. God God honors that, and then it may take you in a storm, but you're going to come through it. Amen. I'd rather be with the Lord... And go through a storm. As they wait back here in a calm. Let the storm overtake me. Because it's coming. We've got a choice. Sit there and wait for it to come. Because the devil will see to it that it will. Or rise up and go forward. Amen. Notwithstanding unless we should offend them. See they they needed some money. Go thou to the sea and cast a hook. And take up the fish. That first comes. And when thou hast opened his mouth, thou shalt find a piece of money and take it and give unto them for me and thee. Now, how many of us would obey the word of the Lord if it came to us like that? Needing to pay your taxes, go down to Grand Lake, throw a hook out there, hopefully with a worm on it and the first fish you catch will have a piece of gold in its mouth. Stick your hand in that fish's mouth get that gold out. What about the fish? I'll throw it back. God needs it for another time. Hallelujah. <laughs> I don't know what about the fish. I don't care about the fish. We got the gold. <laughs> the point is that they obeyed and it worked. Praise God. It always seems like God says to do something that's, that's not logical. It's, uh, but we're the ones messed up. Amen. It's, it's rational, but sometimes it doesn't seem logical to the natural mind. I know the natural man can't receive the things of God. We need to operate in the mind of Christ. Amen. So just a good example of, of the principles that I mentioned here tonight. What is God telling us to do? Well, I don't know. Well, let's start in the Word. Let's search the Scriptures, for them you think you have life. And let's find the answer to our dilemma in the Scripture. All right? Two or three Scriptures that would back up the answer. And if the Holy Spirit confirms to your heart that this is for you, we need to take this personal. We need to take the Bible personal. The Scripture is personal. God's speaking to us individually. When you read the Word, when you hear the Word, God is speaking to you through the word individually. Amen. And then accept that, receive that, and then apply that, activate that. You come into um, association with God. He wants us to associate with Him, but we can only do it as we, amen, apply the word. Praise God. No association with God if we don't apply the word. We deceive ourselves and walk out worse than we came because we have dulled our heart by tuning out what God is saying to the church. Amen. We don't want to get dull hearing. But I'm concerned some folk in these last days are provoking the Lord to anger. And he said, Provoke me not as in the days of provocation. And so to hear the word and not do it is bad news. We get to hear the word. We get to do the word. And there's where the life of God begins to spring up in us. And we're not like the world. Praise God. The Virgin Mary said something. Well, she wasn't a virgin at that time. She had Jesus, of course. But she made a statement, and I think... The Lord had it penned for our benefit here tonight. The last scripture I want to look at is St. John chapter 2 and verse 5. Hallelujah. His mother said to the servants, whatever he says unto you, do it. (laughs) What a statement. Just whatever he says to you, you do that. It's easy to get advice from people, and people mean well, but we only know in part, you know. But when you hear what Jesus tells you to do, folks, it's a done deal. He can't fail. Not possible. He's God. He can't fail. So I want to challenge us this week. Would it be okay? I want to challenge us this week. I want to see if you're going to activate and apply any suggestive therapy tonight. What I'm going to strongly suggest that we all do, and I'll put myself in here too, I'm a believer, is go through the New Testament and read every word that's red letter. Can you do that? Well, I don't know. Well, that's what I'm asking you to do. Because that's verbatim words of Christ. The answer's there. The thing about the Lord Jesus is that the way he spoke and what was recorded by the Holy Spirit, they knew what we needed to hear. It's ever unfolding. Our answer is contained in the words of Christ. Praise God. His words are infinite. They just keep swallowing, getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And it takes in every answer to every dilemma we'll ever face in life. Period. Period. That's the reason the Bible is God's holy book. Praise God. Hallelujah. We hope you enjoy today's message by Doctor R. L. Davis pastor and overseer of Zion Word Ministries International. For more information regarding our ministry and mission, please visit us online at zwmi.com. Once again, that's zwmi.com. Or visit us on Facebook at Zion Word Ministries International.